Hi, this is Randy Randall of No Age and host of the podcast Hyphen It with Randy Randall. I want to welcome our newest sponsor of the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Hyphenate listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash hyphenate. Again, that's distrokid.com backslash VIP backslash H-Y-P-H-E-N-A-T-E. Go get your music streaming everywhere now. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever Hyphenate Halftime. This is the show where I sit down with my good friend Aaron Farley and we discuss last week's episode and get into all the details, all the fun bits that we went over with the guest. We'll um, eventually read some emails from listeners and uh, get into anything else that's uh, of interest to the Hyphenate family out there. But yeah, this first one, we were going to talk about um, Oliver Ackerman. It's our first time doing it, so we're still just kind of getting our sea legs going here. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I hope you dig it. And thank you to everybody at Ruinous for uh, making this all happen. All right, here it is. Me and Aaron Farley. This is uh, like a wrap-up show. Or I don't know if we can think yeah. of a better name than that. Or not necessarily a wrap-up, <clears throat> but a reflection show on last yeah. week's episode. Um, what What did you think about Oliver Ackerman? I'm trying to, you know, I've I've known him for quite a, for quite a while, but but I want to know what where, what was your sort of take on him? Well, I thought it was awesome because I actually don't. I I only know him through the emails from the Soundfield project, oh, right? And um. And, you know, it was a lot of like, this looks rad. These are awesome. <laughs> like, I'm so psyched. But that's kind of all all I knew. And then um, I didn't know A Place to Bury Strangers. I knew the band, but I've never I've never seen them live. Okay. And I'd never, um, I'd listened to a couple tracks. But it actually gave me a really good insight on him. Like, I didn't know that, I didn't know he was in the same camp as like lightning bolt and and uh black dice and all of that so then that then i went back yesterday and listened to a couple of songs and went oh yeah of course this makes so much sense <laughs> i had no that's, idea that's, yeah so oliver ackerman runs uh dead strange the record label right mm-hmm. that put out my second solo record that we worked on we've worked on both solo records together oh, yeah, so all so you know oliver from working on soundfield volume 2020 and because yeah. he put out that record right and then and then I, I i'm just thinking too like how do you, you and i know each other who are you I don't for people who don't know. <laughs> we did <laughs> really quick history, like, right? We probably should do some something like yeah, that. So at funny. least, at least it is documented. So you and I have known each yeah. other for 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 many twenty many years, years, probably. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, when did when did uh, when did wives and and no age start? So that was two thousand and five. Was okay. the end of wives, and then I, I was a substitute teacher briefly, and yeah. my my now wife, then girlfriend, Shannon, uh, wrote a mm-hmm. story for what was it, City City uh, Beat or not the LA Weekly, but the uh, it it was the other one that was around at that point, LA yeah. Alternative, yeah, maybe. And she, so she wrote a story about about teachers who were also who also played in rock bands, and I believe it was called. Teachers who rock. <laughs> I think such a wordsmith that one. Yeah. Uh, and then you came down to the to the classroom where I was working, and, and we shot it with. It was, it was me, Tara yeah. Tavi from Amster Christ yeah. and Blue Silk Sutures and a million other bands. And who was an Eric? 
Eric oh. Pritchard? No, oh. Eric. Someone else. There was another. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've run into him. I think he uh, like he's like a film producer or like a. I used to see him around all the time guy. after that. Yeah. 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 I'd only met him through that through that uh, photo shoot, but then I've seen him. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's big time. I think he's the most successful person from that cover. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we officially yeah. met. But I had seen your band, um, uh, Sabertooth Tiger, before. Yeah. Before that yeah. time, or but but I don't know if we ever officially did the. the I don't think we. Even. No, and and because um, I didn't know you during Wives, but I knew Dean okay. from from the old Buddyhead days. So I knew of the band. Right. I knew of wives. I knew, and then of course I knew of no age, but yeah, you and I had never met. And then, um, I think officially other than that photo shoot, I actually think I met you at, um, an all ages show that was in, or it was, but you guys weren't even playing, but you were there and you and I talked, uh, That's a bunch it. and it was like a crazy, Where was that I don't know. But around that time, I I was down on Glendale Boulevard. Was there was like a little art, like yes. by Echo Park. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that place called? I don't know. They used to have parties and art shows and a bunch of craziness. Oh and yes, then you'd run around. Or well, it wasn't Echo the, Park at night. It wasn't Glen. It was at um, South World Aggies art show place. Where, Maybe on on uh, Alvarado. There was that one. There was a little mm-hmm. art gallery right on Alvarado, just just north of the. Well, this the was like way down. almost down to your studio. Oh, it was like when you get almost down by the Il, freeway. Il Corral. Yes, or something. exactly. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 But a long wow. time. I'm I'm very surprised. I remember remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not only was it so long ago, but there was also so much weird. Uh, I just feel like it was just like a bunch of pirates running around. I'm like, where are we going tonight? Yeah. I think that was <laughs> I'm like, we're going to show up at this place. I heard about this place. And, and, uh, but I feel like that's, I don't know. We had so many common friends too. It's like, you don't know Randy. Right. <laughs> I remember yeah. hearing that a lot. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's still, that still happens to me today. I, I just met, uh, I met someone last weekend and they're like, Oh, I've heard about you for years. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wow. This is what, how nice is this? A, a new friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and awesome. I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, again, I guess this, you know, this conversation definitely places us in the old man camp, but I mean, do, but do young right. kids still do this? So they just wander around from, from house to house so. or from party to party and gallery to gallery and just, you know, you, Thursday night or Friday night, you start, you know, the texts start going out like, what, where, where's the place? What's the party tonight? And everybody, just I'm pretty sure it must. I mean, if not, all those venues would not be open anymore. So it must right. happen. Yeah, yeah. I think that like our friend, um, uh, our friends Neil and Jen have a son who's 14, almost 15, or no, maybe he's 15. Yeah. And um, he has a band called One Way Mirror, mm-hmm. and they are now playing like house parties all the time. They're like going to Simi Valley. They're playing in Echo Park. They're but every weekend they're playing these big house parties. There's like a hundred kids, and it it's like watching those old uh, like. Um, I don't know all those old house parties we used to play where you yeah, just show yeah. up and be like, where did all these kids come from? <laughs> <laughs> if, and if, if it's the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. If you, yeah. if, you if you load all your amps into a living room, people will show up. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> if, or yeah. more likely if you have a keg of beer, yeah. that's more likely than, yeah. the, than the band. Or both. Yeah. A little bit of both. 
But I'm trying to. I but yeah, so I think ago. that's still. I think that's still happening. I'm it pretty must. sure. So I saw Sabretooth Tiger at like that. It was some restaurant on Hillhurst. Do you know oh, Vita on the patio. You like played at a patio oh. in a restaurant, or maybe it wasn't a patio on Hillhurst. I feel like a we played downstairs at Vita a couple times. Do you remember that? Maybe that must have been. What it was like it was. a night, like a nightclub. Rebecca's night. That yeah. sounds right. It's like a Tuesday or Thursday or something. We played yeah. down there a couple times. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's where I first right. saw you. Okay, so yeah. th- so I feel like we, we got that out of the way. We've known each other a long time. Yeah. You're originally from Spokane, Washington. You are a, yes. uh, a, a filmmaker, photographer, graphic designer, uh, conceptual artist. I don't know. What, what, what is the – I guess you, you, you qualify as a hyphenate uh, co-host. Probably more so than <laughs> I you guess and so, I yeah. Do. Yeah. What, what are I mean, your I hyphenates? I would mostly say photography and art, artwork. And then um, I've done design, but I would definitely not call myself a designer by any <laughs> means. <laughs> I've designed things here and there. Yeah. Um, mostly, mostly album artwork for you. I think that's. <laughs> I mean, that's why that's I, I, I think of you as a designer. Yeah. <laughs> You're my go-to designer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, mostly photographer. I mean, it's like everything kind of uh, started with photography. Which I think was interesting, which I'll talk about for the Ray Barbie episode. Oh, yeah. But um, I thought his his views on a lot of that were so interesting. Because I've always thought of the, the weird thing about being a photographer, especially back in the late 90s to now, is like you, you were kind of a unicorn. Like there weren't very many photographers around. So if you were a photographer and you had met a band or whatever and you said, hey, can I get in to take photos of you guys? You'd always get put on the list. There was always space like, oh, what are you going to do? Can you send me prints or, you know, and it, and it was such a weird access thing. Like if you were a photographer, you just kind of had access to all this weird stuff or you could go even at parties or whatever. It's like you always had something to do and you walk around, and take pictures of people or whatever. And people weren't weird about it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. because like, what do you, oh, you're a photographer. That's kind of. I don't even know what that is, but, uh, but I feel like that's what started, um, a lot of my other interests, even in music and playing in a band and stuff. It's like, I met all those people through photography originally and then, um, and then started playing. But then, then even then when we would play, I would take photos of the other bands and, and, um, that got us, allowed us to go on tour and all those kind of things. So photography was kind of this i still just call myself a photographer (laughs) (laughs) i think because it always just comes back to that yeah yeah and that's that's sort of a lifelong pursuit Um, yeah and it comes and goes i have it goes in waves like right now i haven't been taking many photos it just get it gets kind of overwhelming i think especially now with digital it's like it's overwhelming it's like where am i gonna put all this stuff (laughs) how do i keep it how do i keep keep uh control of the the beast the, the but, massive hard, hard drives of just yeah endless data yeah just trying to find things and yeah you're right i'm not the most if i showed you my office you'd say like <laughs> i'm not the most organized <laughs> well i feel like even, yeah everywhere. even even recording stuff you know like doing music recording things i've pride myself on having a, an organized hard drive ish or oh, organized man. where I remember. I can usually find things, but it doesn't necessarily mean anyone else would ever be able to find things. But yeah. like, oh yeah, that's under 
vocal test take one <laughs> point yeah. two final dot final 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 dot final yeah. yeah final dot two yeah. dot actual final <laughs> yes. real final yeah. final approved that's how yeah that's how usually as soon as i think i have something good or i just go by dates which again yeah. in theory sounds good but again you have no idea what is what was i what is no age 12 dot four dot yeah you know 19 like okay well yeah. there's, there's a year there's a date there what were we working on a record is, that, is there a song and then i'll find them that's there's a song that's that then yeah. made it to a record but i only have to know it by the i have to remember the date we were, we recorded the song because i we didn't have yeah. a name for the song then um that's incredible okay so i feel like i feel like that goes back and forth yeah and obviously we can talk you know photography and the evolution of you know digital photography and and you know that's sort of an ongoing i guess i was just thinking you know the idea of being a photographer has probably changed a lot over in the last 20 years you know what i mean without oh, thinking yeah. about like oh i'm a photographer like oh great yeah me too here i got my phone look i'm a photographer <laughs> yeah. Ooh, la, 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 la. i'm a photographer in the same way i say oh, i can record a record oh yeah i can record a record too you know it's very yeah. it's like i have logic cool we can all do the same yeah. thing and like you're not wrong. It's not. Yeah. You, know, the, you have the tools. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. The tools, the tools have definitely changed the, I mean, com commercial photography is always weird because it always changes so fast and there's so many facets of it that, that, um, like if, if you're shooting cars, you're, you're in a different bracket than someone that's shooting like, uh, you know, flower vases on white or something. So to even call it the same job is a little bit. Oh, within the commercial photography world. It's not, yeah, like, or just, are you fashion? Are you product? Are you? Yeah. 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 Lifestyle, the thing that's, the thing that's changed has been the, the like party photos. Yeah. I guess you'd call it, I don't know, lifestyle or something like that. That seems to be where a lot of younger people get hired maybe before they're ready because of their Instagram page or something, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh, it looks good. But then they get hired and then you realize like that you have to, um, manage a set of 40 people and do all those things. And it's not like going out and chilling with your friends, <laughs> taking pictures at the beach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly organization and relationships. And so I think that like, as much as the tools change and, the budgets change and all those kind of things. Like if you can figure out a way to manage your relationships with clients and then not screw up, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll, you're fine, but it gets harder and harder because the jobs are different and it's the, the, the money is spread out a lot. The money is spread out a lot more. So it's like what used to be one shoot is now the same budget, but they need 10 shoots. And they need like stuff for Instagram and they need video content and then they need behind the scenes and they need, and you're like, Oh, but the, but the budget's the exact same as it was just last for shooting time still, when you just needed photos. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where, but I don't know, people figure it out. There's still a lot of photographers that are doing a lot of like that figure it out, but it's different. I mean, I think musicians are the same, right? It's like, oh God. you yeah. used to be able to sell, cds because you could you're marking up like you're buying something for a dollar and you're selling it for 10 and so you're basically like selling plastic like you're making money by selling plastic and t-shirts yep. and then and then once the plastic went away you're like oh wait what what how is music uh 
how is it, what's the worth? Like when it's not like music, especially music is not a physical thing. At least a photo is a physical thing, but music just like exists. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a file, but it's not really a file because you have to have something to play the file. The right. music is actually like the sound in the air. It feels more is, ephemeral. Like a, you can hear sound anywhere. Like what makes yeah. one sound more valuable than another sound? Right. Those, yeah. Those kinds of questions. But Hi, I think yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah. I think music is probably the most important art form. I think, Aww. which is the toughest. <laughs> I mean, I really do because it's the thing that like, you know, you don't have like full churches in the South, like trading photographs, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, look how great, you know, but you have these songs that go for hundreds and hundreds of years that bring whole communities together and all that. And I think, I but I think it's that. like a really hard thing to monetize, <laughs> you know, it's also the only language. And again, we can talk about this in the Ray Barbie one when he talks about <laughs> language, like the language of art, but I think the language of music is because like you can listen to something that you don't like something from Africa and you don't understand the words, but it doesn't, it absolutely doesn't matter. You know, like right, that's just right. an added little part. It's actually the beat the and the timing and yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And I, I think maybe like photo and art is that way too, but I think music is way more accessible. Like people understand like a beat more yeah. than they understand like colors and, and, uh, I wonder and though. I feel like how I feel to frame like, things in a box. Why? Yeah. Or what makes it good? Yeah. With, yeah. There's sort of a, I think both of them, it, there's a subliminal sort of art to it or sort of some kind of subconsciousness to it that people just respond to things. But again, yeah. how often do people buy a photo? You know what I mean? They'll buy things with photos oh. on them, you know, but, yeah. but again, it's like, yeah, the appreciation of like, I want that photo. Unless well, it's I mean, I don't buy photos. To, <laughs> it's usually associated with content. That's like, I want that yeah. picture of Kurt Cobain, and it's like, oh, yeah, cool. So exactly. you know, whether you know if it's a Charles Peterson photo or this person or whoever took it, but it's more the content versus the, the what you know. But but that being said, those you know those photographers had to create that iconic pose and find the timing and find the exposure totally. and find the, the framing and you know they sort of they did all of the the work for the guy was just standing there playing or doing whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's definitely a mix. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, and I think photos exist in a book best anyway. Right. Right. That's right. why photo photo books very popular. Yeah. Uh, buying prints not very popular. <laughs> but but when you say very popular, you're you're talking into the hundreds, the hundreds of dollars, or maybe thousands of dollars of oh, photo yeah. books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, so let's let's jump back into Oliver. I feel like, cause, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is this is where our conversations just go down the rabbit hole for <laughs> yeah, you know, four hours, but it's great. Um, so, okay, so Oliver Ackerman, yes, Place Very Strangers. He, I've I've known Oliver for 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 quite a while. I think when Place Very Strangers first started, I feel like they were an interesting band because they sort of came out, you know. Um, you know, from like a New York underground, but it was really like they had a bigger explosion, you know, I think five, six years into their career. I remember the first time probably meeting Oliver was we played at uh, all tomorrow's parties in, um, in uh, England. It was like a pitchfork curated one. And we played with them upstairs and they were so loud. They're like one of the yeah. loudest bands I'd seen. And they had strobes and smoke and it was a full on like production, you know, it's kind of theatrical stage production that I don't think had, was quite what was going on in LA at that particular time. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, when he said, he was like, yeah, I'd like to bring 
you know, I would bring like four twin reverbs with me. I was like, Oh my God, you're setting up four twin reverbs. Yeah. Like that's not, you know, um, not nothing. No, it's not nothing. And I loved his, I mean, what, whatever personality that is that the people that are like, you know what, I need to make some money. So what I'm going to do is build pedals and sell them. Yes. <laughs> Instead of just going like, maybe I should go work a job for a couple of weeks to get some money to go on tour. And there's something, there was something really special. Like even when he was talking about that, that was like, it just completely made sense to him. Like he said it to you, like it was no big deal. And I was like, wait, nobody does that. Wait, why would you, why would you take this thing? And, uh, and, and I wonder too, with some of that is in the back of his head, there's also the, if I learn how to make pedals, I can have free pedals the rest for the rest of my life. And there's that, like, I'm going to put all of this time and effort to be able to one day walk into a warehouse and just buy, grab, like, make Parts. the ones that I want and then just grab the pedals that I need for, <laughs> for to go on tour. But that's Which like, is everyone, like, like if you give a mus- musician, like, 200 bucks, you're like, oh, man, I got $200. And if you gave a musician a $200 pedal, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> It's like it's worth so much more than the money to actually get gifted something Ooh. that you would want to buy that, but you, you just don't. You're like, oh, there's better ways to spend two hundred dollars, even though I really want that thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to, or you know, but but just the way someone's mind would work. Like I've, you know, I've been obsessed with pedals, you know, for probably the same amount yeah. of time. But the, you know, I, I spent, you know, probably two hours looking at the same books and going like. I, I don't know how to do this, sir. What am I going to get out of this? Even yeah. worse, best case scenario, I have yeah. a crappy pedal that I built that, you know what I mean? That I could buy, I could, you know, for, the, for $5, so I could buy a better one for 50, you know? I just yeah, right. But it's, it's that kind of thing too, where like, but, or, but like you're saying, it's like, well, if I learn how to build a car now as, as a 16 year old, like, well, before I can drive the car, or, you know, if I yeah. can, if I can build a car, then I'll never have to buy another car ever. You yeah, I mean? or I can buy mentality. I can buy cheap cars and then fix them up. Right. Yeah, which I think yeah. people do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I thought here I I, I wrote down a couple other notes. Um, I mean, I thought it was cool when you guys were talking about your um, like. I mean, I love your stories about your like journeys into feedback and all of those things that your experimentation when you were young that you kind of oh, learned. Man you looked at guitar playing as more of a sound study from the very beginning, which I think most kids learn all the basics. And then eventually they're like, Oh wait, noise bands exist. (laughs) I can just, I can just kind of experiment. Like that seems like that usually happens later in life. And for you, those stories that that of you in your bedroom, like uh, with the guitar against the, ladder yeah <laughs> just trying to make sounds it's amazing yeah. or you, it. you can see this ladder over my shoulder here I still yeah have, the ladder is part of the recording studio um yeah yeah no i think it was really i think it was that kind of feeling of like not knowing how to play but liking sounds and liking the you know and i think first discovering like Jimi hendrix then into sonic youth sort of i felt like i had the permission to just like all the stuff you know seeing thurston moore as a you know as a teenager for me coming up seeing thurston moore with like a uh a drumstick like under the strings mm-hmm. just hitting it it was right. just like oh okay this can be this this was that was all the permission i needed to just sort of just like, yeah yeah you can get weird and it doesn't sound yeah. doesn't sound great but there is a forum for not sounding great 
You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's like, okay, cool. While I'm learning these chords and things, what if I just try to make all these other sounds at the same time? Cause those, yeah. it was a lot easier to, to turn stuff up and get weird than to actually sitting there and figuring out scales and, and learning. Was, yeah. <laughs> actually learning the correct way. It kind of having, it's a lot more fun too. And I felt like, I remember, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I just think it, it it built my like kind of callous or my sort of the the patience of sort of just hearing sounds. You know, I think when yeah. you like it, once when you make anything, you can appreciate the the process. So and hearing somebody, you know, the kind of noisier bands or things, it was like, oh, cool. I think a lot of times, you know, I've I've sat in many a, an art gallery or a show or warehouse and just heard somebody just play some squalling guitar you know it doesn't sound like anything but I, but yeah. as somebody who had also done that i could it was a practitioner and, and a fan as well like i could yeah. see it on both sides well and, and i remember in college going to watch a friend's band and he was you know one of the songs started with him plucking the strings on the other side of the bridge oh yeah. you know they're like plink 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 i was like what is, that? what is that yep. what is that sound and looking and going you can do that <laughs> i never thought about doing that and then you know he'd pluck the strings on the headstock next and like yeah. oh, you could do that too <laughs> wait a second and think about doing that yeah. and then but it does like it just opens your mind to go oh yeah right there aren't any rules and i feel like that's what oliver was talking about too it was like every time that the someone would kind of bring up a rule of like, oh, you can't do that. You can't play that loud. You can't make your own pedals. You can't start your own label. That he was just like, oh, that sounds like a good idea to then do that thing that that person told me not to do. Yeah. When when you don't know which which way to go, go the way everyone's telling yeah. you not to go. That's always yeah, good. Yeah, right. Good. Start there. Start, start, start yeah. with the thing you, they're saying you shouldn't do. No, I think Oliver's yeah. totally inspiring. It definitely got me kind of into that. That's And I think there's something about that sort of late teenage, early twenties sort of mindset of like that you you're rebellious enough and, and you know, want to sort of punch everybody in the eye or at least poke yeah. somebody with a stick, you know, yeah. that, that kind of mentality, but being able to carry that, that on in, into, you know, sort of lifelong sort of artistic practice of like just go, yeah. going against the grain, wherever that is, or, or just being a self-starter and making stuff with friends. I think that was, I totally, I felt like, you know, I was inspired by that, you know, hearing him yeah. say those things. Well, and, and even him talking about, you know, going into the tunnel and there's a show and we're like, we should light a fire under here also while we're <laughs> like, while the show is happening. And that, that idea of, uh, of having those feelings of, of freedom and need and need to express yourself, but there's no reason why you don't know why yeah. yet because you're not old enough to know why you just have the feelings that like i just have to get out and do this thing and why do you play so loud i don't know i don't know i mean even for us when we played we're like well at least we'll be the loudest band here <laughs> yeah. at the very least mm -hmm. we'll always try to be the loudest and then we can go we could we'll put on a good show or whatever but yeah but but i think that there's that thing of like why do you want to be the loudest I don't know. It just feels right. I don't know. It feels good. Yeah. 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 I think there's, 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 I think always, I always kind of equate volume with scale in like w other visual arts, you know, whether it's, right. you know, um, sculpture or photography or something, sometimes yeah. just seeing something so huge, whether it it's good or it not, well, there's, there's just, there's, there's, there's power in that. Like yeah. that is a huge <laughs> something. Yeah. And you kind of walk away going, yeah. well, okay. I think volume kind of has a similar sort of place in a, in a, 
sound art, you know, yeah. again, it, I mean, it, I guess the word, like right. The word volume is also in a physical way is the, the amount of space that you fill up. So it Ooh. would make sense. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's appropriate. Definitely. In, in talking about, you know, place to bring strangers and Oliver's, you know, volume. And I think, yeah. you know, just kind of it's, it's filling the space, you know, on so many levels. And then yeah. had, had you heard of the, uh, the death by audio venue? Or did you know anything no. about that? Like, okay, mm-hmm. I, think, I think we get into that in our conversation. That was kind of an important yeah. piece of the puzzle for, um, for of, of the many things that he did, uh, just having that venue there. And I think it was right place at the right time. It was right there in, um, in uh, Williamsburg oh, you know, okay. at the time and place to sort of be there where it was, went from warehouses, then, you know, gen- shortly gentrified into giant offices. I think Vice actually bought or rented. So the, they never owned that building, right? So they, they were renting, Oliver was renting the building, renting a space in a building and um, yeah. making the pedals on one side, living in another side. And then there was another little room that they're like, oh, we should just, th- we could throw shows here. Yeah. And then um, the owner, as the price rose, you know, kicked him out, remodeled it. And then uh, Vice Media uh, rented it. And I had actually gone, oh, I had been back. I went to the, uh, to the vice office years later and kind of yeah. was like, all oh, right, that's where the stage was. Or that's kind of where, you know, it was hard to recognize. Oh, that's crazy. Like, like wow. It was so, so different. Did you guys ever play there? Oh yeah. So death by audio, we played a bunch. Yeah. So it was kind of akin, I think similar to, you know, sort of a smell vibe, but in New York at that time in the sort of the mid to late aughts, yeah. sort of that all ages, you know, kind of lawless sort of warehouse space and but in a very cool place where people wanted to go anyway and there was a few there was like two or three other galleries in the same building but just on different like a different block you know where like one building takes up a whole block sort of thing yeah. like death by audio was on one side and this other gallery or show space called glasslands was on another side and then there was even a third one i think i forget what, it, what that was called but um but there was a bunch of cool kind of places all right in the spot oh, and it was, and it was cool. just across the street from the domino sugar factory so it sort of seemed like you know again the kind of how, how downtown la used to feel that sort of no man's land of yeah know, just anything you're in your 20s and it's four o'clock at night and you got a bunch you know, got 80 pe- sweaty people around you like, <laughs> you have the permission to do anything you want to do at that point you're like, like, especially la back at that time that there was really nothing like the downtown well, not even really downtown, what the like the Santa Fe area by the practice spaces there. Oh yeah. By downtown rehearsal. Was just like after ten it was like there's nobody there. And there because there's there weren't any, even really stores what there's a couple gas stations. So even like there weren't even that many homeless people there. Like it was just like nothing. And you'd go to like Sixth Street Warehouse or one of those places and you're just like, is there are there any rules anywhere around here? <laughs> this is crazy. I mean, I remember coming here from Portland and, and within the first couple of years, still just feeling like, I really don't understand this place. <laughs> I don't understand how this the LA works at all. Yeah. But that's sort of the fun of it, right? It's sort of make, oh, your, totally. make your own rules or kind of create your yeah. own sort of place, which yeah, I, yeah. When I remember Brian, do you remember uh, Brian had a warehouse space down there um, where he lived and then, it had like a hallway and it had like four or five kind of art galleries. And then they had a massive warehouse spot where there would just be shows. And which, which, where was it? Brian who? God, I don't remember what it was called. Uh, which Brian? I don't know. Oh, I'm forgetting his last name now. 
<laughs> but but it was this place yeah. that he was renting. I'm like, you're renting this place? How much is it? He's like, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like $1,400 a month. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like 8,000 square feet. It was so massive. It was half of a block. And we were all like, whoa, how are you coming up with $1,400 every month? I, like, I don't know, man. It's, yeah. But we're, we're doing it. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. But it's a, yeah. And now that place is a massive art gallery. I think it was where Wild and Crayon was for a while. And then I don't know who took it over now. But it's kind of across the street from the, the um, rehearsal spots that were on Santa Fe that are now, that's oh. now the hotel or whatever that's called, the private club. Yes, I do remember that. I do know yeah. that place. Yeah, it's like yeah. right down the street from that. Yep. Yeah. What was that called? I do remember that place. I don't know. I, I got in trouble. I was I was really drunk one night there, and yeah, yeah, and they wouldn't let me in. It was after an FYF fest, and I remember yeah, I peed. Sense. I peed through the gate. Oh yeah. And yeah. It was really. It was one of my more embarrassing uh, public displays of uh, drunkenness. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I saw we I saw um, Mean Reds play there, and Anthony like smashed a bottle and total like just cut himself up on purpose. It was just one of those like, Oh wow, this is really happening. This place is like one of those spots that you heard about. <laughs> it's actually happening right in front of us right now. <laughs> yeah. This is not Iggy pop in, in the yeah. Rolling Stones wildest shows ever moments. Like this is yeah. an actual thing happening. Just yeah. People. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it, if it, yeah. I mean, yeah, the whole th- reflecting on kind of the early uh, or the early mid aughts sort of thing of like that kind of it was sort of it felt like it was really looking back on it now i guess in hindsight it was sort of the last sort of time before before social media and before digital cameras in everyone's pockets on the phones and yeah you know it was before just that last sort of thing so it really did feel like you could do something and whatever was happening was the the thing that was happening you weren't there wasn't um this the fomo of like oh i gotta look at my phone because there could be something else happening like there could be but what what do you know like you know all i have is this warehouse and this bottle or this you know guitar this band this thing happening right here is it there's no there's no there's nothing else you know in the world so yeah and it's funny to even think about how everybody even found out about stuff yeah right (laughs) because even that would be like it was before facebook or whatever and and those warehouse shows it it was all just word of mouth right like hey we're playing a thing totally and then you tell three people and then they tell five people and yeah because now i'm even thinking of like how did we promote things right for those little shows maybe a flyer flyers maybe but but mostly yeah you just you just you just talk to a million people you know yeah throughout your day everyone you talk to at a bar at a party hey this this thursday this is happening this tuesday this is what's going on that that gallery that was also where kate hall from mikamiko got shot out front oh my god you're right that was that that was that that was that same place yeah i was trying to remember yeah it's like now whatever that was called there was so much th- that happened there. It was people she was with got into an argument with somebody else, and then they all got in a car, and they sh- these guys shot at their car, not trying to shoot at her, but then the bullet came through the window and went through her her face and, oh out, and out the back. And then it was incredible, and she survived. But yeah. it was wild. Oh, wow. I forgot that that was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, so that's, yeah, all of that stuff, there's the wild, <laughs> the wild and the crazy and the – 
you know, lived still the wild west. Yeah. I know. I just saw Mika Miko play a reunion show. It was 13 years since their last show. Oh yeah. I it saw seemed, some of the videos. It sounded it incredible. Amazing. It was great. Yeah. That might date this, this recording. We'll have to take that out. I don't know. We, uh, <laughs> we, we should probably wrap this one up here. Yeah. And then, uh, and yeah, I think this was, I think this was good. I think there was a lot going on. Was there anything else? Did I, did I gloss over something or did you have anything else in your notes? Just no, Oliver? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Have you I mean, played any, you. have you played any DBA pedals? No, I never uh, have. I think the fuzz war is the place to start. Usually. They're, I mean, they all insane. look amazing. Yeah. Right. There's, I love the design of them, I did, but they just look like, they look like, uh, they look hardy. <laughs> yes that's a good way to you look at them you're like there's so many like they just look like they wouldn't break yeah and there's so many buttons and or uh, knobs that uh they're like oh all these look fun and they look like they probably do what they're supposed to do but you could really make it do something completely unique as well yep like they're made to yeah yep awesome okay cool well thank you everybody for joining us on our first uh we never really came up with a name for it what do i don't we? know so this is hyphen it with randy randall follow-up show this is the randy aaron talk shit the half hour yeah. I don't know. The half, the hyphen it, hyphen it show. The, the half hyphen. The hyphen it. The half in it halftime. After hyphen it. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Like post, that. The post hyphen it show. There we go. I like that. Yeah. that that'll work. The, we'll figure it out. Hyphen, whatever. Whatever. Half in it, hyphen it halftime. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of alliteration. Post. There. Uh, I got to think Wrap about up. it. Post hyphen. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, okay. Well, to be continued. We'll see if we figure it out on yeah. the next one. 